5: A yabba-dabba-doo-baba, it's the big boss dog, Snoopy Deagle double
3: g This is The Rich Eisen Show
4: with guest host Ben Lyons.
6: Snoop has the incredible superpower of making sense in every single room on Earth.
5: What it do, it's your boy Big Snoop D-O-double-G coming at you live from Los Angeles. And my DJ,
0: DJ Mikey D. D is in these nuts.
7: Today's
4: guests, former NBA executive and cinephobe podcast host Amin El Hassan, writer and comedian Josh Ostrovsky. And now, sitting in for rich, here's Ben Lyons.
6: Welcome everyone to the show. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons In for Rich on a historic day. A historic day. We woke up this morning in a world where Bobby Portis is an NBA champion! (laughs) The Milwaukee Bucks get it done. Dear District, stand up! Game six, the stuff of legends, the stuff they write songs about. Giannis was immortal last night. He was Iron Man figuring out the suit. We saw him become an Avenger last night. And last night was a reminder. Last night was a reminder that... Through all the hard work, through all the dedication, the sacrifice, through the love of family, the support of community, (laughs) it's all worth it with joy. You got to laugh, TJ. You got to laugh. You have to have joy in life. We so often get caught in the rat race. Hustle hard. Mm -hmm. Hustle and motivate. rising grind. Team no sleep. Team no sleep. Never not working. 24-7, locked in. Yes, you have to be focused. You have to have dedication. You have to have sacrifice you have to have support, collaboration, family that believes in you. No doubt. And Giannis celebrated all of that last night. And he did it with a smile on his face. And he did it while dancing and he did it with joy. And it's so hard now in the world we live in at times to find joy, to find that peace of mind that makes us truly feel comfortable with who we are, where we're at, who we're with. And I love seeing people comfortable in their own skin being exactly where they should be in the universe. And that was Giannis. Last night was a celebration of spirituality, of faith, of hope. He was so inspiring last night. I came into the studio an hour early. I said, Giannis, <laughs> I'm coming in an hour early today. I was in here with the lights out, doing push-ups,
2: running I, I stairs.
5: I think all of us came in a little bit <laughs> earlier than normal. Right?
2: Was Everybody was in there a little <laughs> early. Man, I was hyped. That was awesome last night. If you don't like Giannis, that's a you problem, man. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. We saw a guy... Just smash through whatever we thought his ceiling could be. It is incredible. He is now on the path to greatness. Go back a few years when he was tweeting with Kobe Bryant.
6: Remember that? Mm -hmm. He tweeted out to Kobe, what's my challenge? And Kobe responded, MVP? MVP. And then he got the MVP. And then he said, what's the next challenge? He said, win a title. Last night he got the title. It's incredible. It gives you chills, goosebumps. This is the stuff of it's legends. Awesome. It's awesome. Forever etching his, his name in stone. An immortal, a basketball god. It was, <laughs> it was awesome last night. And here's what Giannis had to say after the game. His post-game sound was as epic, as inspiring as his play on the court. It's an incredible performance for the ages. Here's what he had to say last night about that exchange with Kobe
7: Bryant. You know, he, this is started like almost like a, like a joke at first, you know, like he was he was like a I think a Nike ad and he was sending like challenge to players to Isaiah Thomas, DeMar Rose and all that. And I was like, yeah, let me just shoot my shot, <laughs> you know, kind of like was my challenge. And he was like MVP. But at, at first I was like joking. I didn't think he's going to respond to me. But when he did, he made me believe like I'm like Kobe Bryant thinks I can I can do this. I can play in the higher level and lead my team and win MVP, you know, and uh, and I had to do it, you know. I had to work hard, you know, and I don't necessarily let him down. I had to work hard because people believe that I can do it, you know, and that's, that's the thing. Uh, I'm a people pleaser. You know, I don't like letting people down. I like letting, like, when I resigned with the city of Milwaukee, that's the main reason I resigned because I didn't want to let the people down and think that you know I do not more extremely hard for them, which I do, you know. But be able to accomplish those things in um, this period of of, of time is it's, it's crazy. It's 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 unreal. It's freaking unreal. I, can, I can't I can believe it.
2: <laughs> I want to give him man, a hug. No, like, that is incredible. <laughs>
7: Unbelievable. I got Unbelievable. goosebumps and
2: tears. That's amazing. <laughs>
6: Ben Lines in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to have Cassidy Hubberth joining the show a little later today. And and Cassidy's been on the Giannis beat for a long time now, interviewing him as his star has risen in the NBA. And it's a reminder that life is a step-by-step process. It's not just accumulating a bunch of draft picks and hoping it works out, TJ. That's not the process. The process (laughs) is getting 1% better every day, like Coach Juwan Howard says. The process is... Little by little, building something and then continuing to build. Not eating grapes before a playoff game. Not shooting your shot on Twitter in other ways that many NBA players do. (laughs) This man is focused, locked in, and he's doing it with a smile on his face and a love and appreciation for life. When he says things on the podium like, eight and a half years ago, my family, we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. This is game of life stuff. We, we sit on these shows and we do X's and O's on these players and we analyze their plays from the comfort of our studios and, and from not having to put our athletic talents on full display for the world to criticize. He does it every night and he does it from a place that all of us, fortunately, can never even dream of, of where he came from. And he's doing it for his country. He's doing it for his, his parents his family, his city, himself, and he's doing it with joy. That's the thing. It's not like closing off to the world and I'm locked in and I didn't come out of the gym all summer and no one knows. Man, this guy is loving life, and it's a reminder to all of us that these days are precious that we have. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You can dedicate and sacrifice your entire life to something, achieve it, and then the next day, it's all taken Mm -hmm. away. So if you're going to do it and you're going to go on this ride, you might as well have some fun with it. It's, I was so inspired by it. Here's what he had to say too about not wanting to join a super team, which is
7: obviously also a trend in the NBA. I couldn't leave. you know. There was there was uh, there was a job that had to be finished. You know, I felt like the bubble did not pay, pay us pay justice. You know, uh, we give credit to Miami. He played great, but he did not pay us justice. Like everybody was feeling homesick. We're family-oriented team. Wanted to share families and and uh but you know, coming back, I was like, "This is my city. you know, they, they trust me, they believe in me, they believed in us, even when we were like we were last, the city still was like on our side, and um you know obviously i wanted, I wanted to get the job done, you know uh, they, but that's my stubborn side, like it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, like, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship. Still one, But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way I chose to do it. And we did it. We did it. We did it, man. Jim on the front right. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sitting up there
6: kissing the Larry O'Brien trophy, holding Absolutely. the MVP. <laughs> he should
2: be doing that. And he's banging on the table and said, this is the That's way awesome. it's supposed to be done. And he, as he said, and as we talked about yesterday and this week, he could have done that last year. He could have went anywhere. Every team would have taken him, and they would have blown up whatever they. I mean, Rich doesn't think. Well, Miami, Rick, maybe not the Miami Rich, Rich Heat. Chris, think Miami would have, but, but he could have went to any other team. Twenty nine other teams would have blown up whatever they thought they had going to acquire this guy, and he didn't. He said, "No, I'm doing it here." But that's the way trends go in life. Everybody
6: hangs out over here on the left, and then some part, people start to realize, oh, the right's kind of cool. And then everybody hangs out over here on the right. right. First, the shorts are really tight. Then the Fab Five comes along. They're really baggy. Now the shorts are really tight again. and and time me. It's just going back and forth. Well, player mobility, 10 years ago, the anniversary of the gotcha finals. LeBron creating the super team down in Miami. Not four, not five, not six. Well, 10 years later now, the trend's the other way. Not to link up with your buddies, but to stay where you're at and to build something.
5: Can I ask a question real quick? We always throw out LeBron created the super team, and yet D Wade never gets any kickback on that. They came to play with him. No one ever considers that maybe D Wade was creating the <laughs> super team. But that's not the point now. We'll save that for later. Let's continue. D Wade, with had, D.
6: Wade had his title, he was a made man. He realized that he needed help in the back half of his career, and Giannis isn't saying I'm doing this alone. Giannis is the first to show love to Chris Middleton. He's been on the team for eight, eight years. years yeah. That the that moment that they had together, the together them is was, amazing. That moment they had
5: together when he called him over and he was like, "We did it, bro." If that didn't get you. Yesterday if
6: the Brooklyn Nets had won the NBA title, would well, those guys have looked at each other and been, man, we've been through so much that one week where you were uh, on a Zoom with Cynthia Nixon and you were out clubbing and I had to play, but then that week I was hurt and then you came and played and, man, it's been crazy playing this seven games with you. No, it makes it meaningful. It makes it worth it. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's only a battle-tested one. There's only thing you know, you, you appreciate... Uh, a quality relationship in your life when you go through some stuff. And Giannis and Chris Middleton have been through some stuff. This is a team that walked out of of a game in the NBA bubble because of the shooting of Jacob Blake in Mm -hmm. in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This is a team that, you know, is at the forefront of the social justice conversation. This is a guy, Giannis, who's faced so much adversity in his life. And he did it with the guy who's been running with him for eight years in the league. That never happens. I mean, he's going to he's gonna get the comparison to Batman and Robin stuff and the Scottie Pippen stuff. But when Chris Middleton has the ball with one minute to go in Game 6 of an NBA Finals, you know it's a bucket.
2: <laughs> that was such – I mean – That was the, the best su-
6: moment from the actual game. I yeah. kept looking for finals moments. We all were. That was the best moment from the actual game was that Middleton jumper. There was the dagger. That and the Brooke Lopez Statue of Liberty was yeah.
2: insane. Yeah, that was yeah you mentioned dope. that Middleton play because, what, it was a four-point game four at that point? point and game. you felt like Phoenix had, like – Figured it out in the last couple minutes, and maybe they were gonna make this a game, force overtime, something. And then Middleton just kind of did that. Like, he's kind of like Paul Pierce in that sense. Like, doesn't not the most athletic looking guy, but when he takes a clutch shot, you know it's probably going that in. That was
6: point game at the LA Fitness, and he's got net. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what
2: that was. Little elbow fade away, and it was just net. Just a celebration of class, class. just a
6: celebration of excellence, both on the winning side with Giannis and what he stands for. But then on the losing side as well, seeing Monty Williams, who's been through so much in his life. I was on stage the night at the NBA Awards where Monty received the the Sager Strong Award, the Craig Sager Award. And Jacket was there to honor Monty and his family and everything they've been through with losing his wife. And he talked about his relationship with Chris Paul and how the two of them have been through the lowest of life's moments and, and the highest of, of life's highs. And that, again, having a real relationship with somebody for years and going through it, you could see uh, how emotional he was. But then to have the class to go into the, the Milwaukee Bucks locker room and address the team, here's Monty Williams after losing the NBA Finals last night after the game.
0: i congratulate you guys as a man and a coach. Um, you guys deserve it. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for the experience. You guys made me a better coach. You made us a better team. Congratulations.
6: For our friends watching on Peacock, we need some questions. I need to find out who the guy on the left was just chugging the Magnum bottle of rose. <laughs> he realizes oh, wait a minute. I need to put this thing down. Monty's giving an emotional speech here. (laughs) That guy's a G. Um, (laughs) So many legends out there. (laughs) So many legends. So Legendary anyways. moments.
2: By the way, shout out to the one porta potty in the Deer District last <laughs> night. Did you guys see that when they when they took the sixty five thousand people? So, what were guys just holding it, or after a certain point, where they just you like, just let it just go, go man. Like dumb that and dumber, is, just
6: that let it is, go. That is my uh purgatory. That is my waiting room to hell right there. That is. I agree. There is terrifying. no place I would
5: have. Least, rather, have been in the middle of that scrum. But they were turned up, man. It looked yeah. like it was a good time. But it's an age thing, right? At the age I'm at now, no. Yeah, if course, I was 25, oh, I would have been the dude in the middle of that, right? Like, but
6: crowd uh, surfing. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. think back in my early 20s, I would have been into that. I oh, don't know. I, I, I can remember when the Pittsburgh like Pens. A nightmare. I'm glad people are having fun. I'm glad we didn't see. Anybody celebrate their team winning a championship by eating manure, <laughs> punching horses? Yeah, right. No, there's, no horse, there's no horse. There's no horse manure involved. They no didn't Elfie have to grease th- fans. They, I'm didn't, to you. they didn't have to grease up the light poles <laughs> so in the not climb the pole. Day? Yeah. I any- know
5: ben, when the Pens, Pittsburgh Penguins, won two Stanley Cups in the early '90s. I lived in Pittsburgh. I was in the middle of the South Side, acting a fool. So yeah, I definitely would have been. At that age, in the middle of that, but like I said, the older you get, you're
6: like yeah. But just again with celebrations, I, I told you I was a lifelong Eagles fan. I saw the guy eat the horse manure. I said, "I'm out." <laughs> this is not these aren't my <laughs> um, NBA finals relate. last night. Just is so much fun. Just I'll always remember where I was, who I was with. Out at Javier's in Century City here, <laughs> only one watching the game, standing on a table. I was going to call you to see where you were going to watch yesterday. <laughs> I lo- I mean, I'm always going to hold this NBA Finals. i always going to hold a special place in my heart because I'm going to uh, associate it with you guys. Yeah. And I hang was, it out here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> I'm show. talking
5: about. I kind of was hoping we would get game seven, to be honest with you, but...
6: Well, you I mean, guys were already looking at Southwest flights yeah, to we, Phoenix. I think we were going to jet. I think Brockman, was about to talk Brockman me into doing something stupid. the guy with the headband from Game 2 who was flying. I got the money guy and yeah. the red velvet coat guy on my text. CJ had a bunch of Sons and Seven t-shirts printed up with that guy's face on it. I was going to get 19 bucks a pop for those. Oh, man. But none of it was meant to be. It was game six. It was in the stars. It was destiny. It was a culmination of the journey of a lifetime. I mean, unbelievable stuff from Giannis. Cassidy Hubbard from ESPN is going to join us coming up next. She's been interviewing Giannis for years. Covered his first All-Star game. Knows him well. So we'll get some great Giannis stuff from Cassidy coming up. Plus, later on in the show, Amino Hassan's going to call in, as well as the Fat Jewish from Instagram, my buddy Josh Ostrowski. we got a big show today. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show.
3: Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When I spoke to Jeannie... She said that she would have you do anything you'd like for the Lakers franchise. Has she communicated that to you? Yeah. Okay, she has. Uh, Even a rumor that you might consider even maybe coming out of retirement (laughs) to play one more time for the Lakers. Right. I see you're laughing. Yeah. There's nothing to that, right? There's about a
0: zero percent chance that I come back and play. So not even like a... Nothing.
3: Zero. You're toast. You're finished. Done. As a player. That's it. Did last year at any point with you going through your first season not yeah. playing basketball? Never. Not once did you Never. think about it? Never. Here's the thing. is For us athletes, it's really
0: hard to transition from that. Right? And I was really personal about it when I wrote Dear Basketball. But that is the true challenge of finding what comes next. And finding something that you love to do every bit as much as you love your first passion. That is a challenge for us. And I think... Unfortunately for us athletes, we've been pigeonholed into thinking that we can only be one thing. And so when I retired, everybody is saying, okay, he's too competitive. He's not going to know what to do with himself. He's going to have to come back. I took that as a personal challenge of them thinking I'm this one-dimensional person. that All I know is how to dribble a ball, shoot the ball, and play basketball and compete at that level. And so I took that as a personal challenge. I will never come back to the game, ever. I'm here to show people that we can do much more than that and creating this business, winning an Oscar, and the Emmy and the Annie, those are things that are showing other athletes that come after, no, no, there's more to this thing, right? So I would never, it's
3: not even a, not even a thought. So the, geek, the goal was so EGOT, you want the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, no, the, Tony, you know, the, the I mean, challenge. Exactly.
0: The challenge became, how do I take the lessons that I learned through the game of basketball and translate them into building the studio, right? What are the things that I can take from that, the discipline, um, the commitment, uh, the team and community? How do you get the best out of each other? How do I take those lessons and move those here? Um, That is the challenge. How do we do great work, uncompromising great work? You're not looking at the bottom line. You're focused on the product first, right? Is this the best thing that we can possibly make no matter what? And having that sharp focus is something that I got from the game of basketball.
6: That's, uh, that's Rich, of course, hanging out with the late, great Kobe Bryant. And Kobe, one of those athletes, perfectly comfortable in his own skin after he retired. And that's hard for guys. They, there's so many uh, men and women who retire who, who still have something calling them back. But it's, it seemed like with Kobe in that phase of his life, he was, he was ready for the next challenge. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking about him a lot today, obviously, as we celebrate Game 6 of the NBA Finals. And you think of Kobe Bryant, Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show and and how he was able to get on top of the basketball mountain. And then it was Dirk who stole one from LeBron. And then LeBron was able to get on top of the mountain. And then it was Steph's time in the league. And then LeBron had it for a second. Kawhi snuck in and, and had it for a moment. But you never really thought he was on top of the mountain. And now Giannis. Uh, on the top of the Basketball Mountain universe. It's been an incredible story, incredible run. I'm so inspired this morning. The same way so many people inspired by Kobe's life philosophy, the Mamba mentality, Uh, the same thing applies to Giannis and, and the way he looks at life, the way he looks at family, community, faith, all of it, joy. That's the big takeaway from last night for me. Somebody who's had uh, the joy of getting to know Giannis over the years from doing some great interviews through her coverage at ESPN covering the NBAs, our friend Cassidy Hubbard, who joins the show right now. Cassidy, I would imagine uh, you had a smile ear to ear last night watching your friend Giannis get his first NBA championship.
4: You know, I just had a smile listening to you, um, you know, talk about Kobe and just uh, like the, there's been a lot of Kobe talk. Obviously, throughout these playoffs, and a, a lot of it centered around Devin Booker because of the, the legendary tattoo he got and the, the, the conversation the two had, um, you know, after they played each other. But you can't forget that Kobe publicly, you know, um, basically, to use your words, inspired Giannis, told him, go win MVP. And then when he did, he said, now go win a championship. Um, Kobe saw greatness in Giannis um, I, I probably m- before a lot of people did. And um, it's just, you know, interesting that you, you mentioned Kobe and just thinking about that connection with, um, w- with Giannis. And just what we watched last, last night was, was inspiring, you know, listening to him talk about his upbringing. I know – A lot of people, you know, know his story and the the anecdote of him selling trinkets on the street of Greece to help, you know, support his family. Not picking up a basketball until age thirteen. To now, Um, you know, these last three seasons alone, MVP regular season, MVP regular season, and then one of the most iconic finals performances in, in NBA history. And I don't think that's an overstatement. No,
6: definitely not. It might even be an understatement, Cassidy. It's, it's the fact that it's, not, it's one of. It might be the best finals performance we've ever seen, game six or even the, the entire series. Take me back, though, to your first interactions with Giannis. I remember you interviewing him at All-Star Game in, in, in uh, New yes. Orleans, and that was a big moment for him. Uh, walk me through your earliest memories of getting to interact with him.
4: There was actually, there was actually like, a gif out there of me interviewing him, tra- telling him, like, pointing to the mic, because he didn't really know how to talk into a mic. I mean, I'm sure he did, but it was just, like, a reminder of, like, he wasn't used to doing media at that point. I think he was just, like, uh, may have been his second or third year in the league. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, his, his growth, I think is well documented on the, on the court. Like early on before, you know, he became an MVP in this league. The big story around him is wow. Like he, his drastic improvement from year to year, not just in his size, which alone is like, I mean, (laughs) he he like blew up into like a a Ninja turtle. Um, But like, it's uh, it's it's just also how comfortable he is. Um, in the joy you said of, of, of the game. Like you talk about uh, the iconic performances. Like he, he, he has three finals moments um, on the court. You could say he, he, he has, of course he has the the block. He has the alley-oop and then he has the 50 piece nugget in the, in the closeout game. But I also feel like his message on the, how he views, you know, a, a, the right competitive mindset, um, before game five and the practice media availability, where he broke down talking about your ego, um, talking about your past being your ego and talking about your future being your pride and focusing on your present being your humility. There's, there, like, there's so much in that and it was so believable, of uh, 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 that's how he lives. His life and why he was why he's in this position right now as um, you know a two-time MVP and now a Finals MVP and the champion um, and, and bringing that championship to the team he was drafted by.
6: Cassidy Huberth joins the show, ESPN NBA reporter, host of course of Hoop Streams. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. And something I loved about this year's NBA Finals, Cassidy, is that you saw fans out there. You saw the Deer District. You saw people uh, out in Phoenix losing their minds for the Suns. First time in the finals since 93 for Phoenix. As someone who's been in that arena covering the Bucks, what's the energy like there out in Milwaukee now that Giannis has brought them a title?
4: I mean, what a scene last night, right, then, That was insane. 65,000 people. Like, I... You know, on my show, um, I, at the beginning of the series, we were talking about the Deer District, kind of like hating on the, on the name. I feel like it should be like the Deer Garden, or you know, Bucks Wild, or really, you know, I've heard people say it should be called Giannis Garden because you know that that, that was built, that was the house that uh, that Giannis built. That was the that was the scene that Giannis built. Um, but that, the Pfizer Forum is a is a beautiful arena. Um, and I actually just heard the story that, you know, um, when, you know, the buck ownership took over the NBA basically said that if, you know, they didn't build a new stadium that, um, you know, the, the team could be moved to a different, to a different city. And, you know, there's so much that that team, that franchise has gone through and that, that scene last night was incredible. I mean, <laughs> the seas of people and the fact that they were able to clinch it at home for those fans. Um, I, you know, I don't think uh, Giannis or, or the Bucks could have uh, drawn it up any better.
6: Love seeing Monty Williams after the game, go into the Bucks locker room, and congratulate Spotify. the team and what a class dude. And just an inspiring guy in his own right. Uh, how do you think this loss impacts Phoenix moving forward? Devin Booker, uh, and the status of Chris Paul next year, who has a player option on his contract.
4: Well, just a little note. I mean, Malika Andrews reported that actually Giannis um, was the one who, who talked to to Monty after that and invited them into the um, into the room. Um, and of course, you know, uh, Monty graciously, um, you know, as he as he does, uh, was was. Fantastic in that moment. I mean, you couldn't help but hurt for him. His the emotion he poured out after that game. Um, you could feel how much he wanted it for his guys. Um, this was, you know, this there was a lot of heart that w- p- was put into that to that run. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Devin Booker has proved he, he's a star. Um, DeAndre Ayton, it, you know, he he's he, the growth that he. Show throughout these playoffs. Um, I mean, he's going to learn so much. You you, for, you forget, like Devin Booker. You know, he has such a stone cold face that he keeps on, but he's he's just twenty four years old, eight and you know twenty two. And you know, I think Chris Paul has such a connection with Monty. Who knows what he's gonna he's gonna do? But. You know, those two guys, um, the future is really bright. Now, there's a lot of competition throughout this league. um, But, you know, that experience last night and throughout these playoffs is only going to make them better. I mean, I I looked at there was that clip going around on NBA Twitter of um, Devin looking at the the scene as the confetti coming, coming down and him just saying, damn. Um, if you don't think that's going to motivate him, then, you know, you haven't been paying attention to the type of guy and player he is.
6: No, well said. And it reminded me again, another Kobe connection with Devin Booker, Kobe walking off the floor in the Boston garden after game six in 2008. And the Celtics destroyed the Lakers. And he took that moment as motivation to go on to win back-to-back titles. So I thought, I thought that as well when I saw Devin Booker last night, um, What's the ripple effect around the league, you think, Cassidy, uh, regarding Giannis's comments after the game about super teams and about getting it done in Milwaukee and building something from the ground up? Do you think James Harden was sitting on in a bungalow in Monte Carlo just <laughs> stewing right now? Do you think – Kevin Durant across the, uh, across the world in Tokyo getting ready for the Olympics overlooking the city skyline just pondering what he what his life could have been like had he stayed. How do you think those comments will impact the culture of the NBA?
4: I mean, I think it's going to be fuel. Look, this is like these are all ultra competitive guys who all want to win. Um, and you know, they see a guy in Giannis who who has basically all the accolades that you can get in the last three years, what other people want. And um, whether that's uh, jealousy or competitive fire, like that that should motivate those guys. Um, and, you know, Giannis, whether or not you want to focus on the super team, he, he did do it the hard way. He did, you know, promise to take this team that he was drafted by, um, to, to, to a championship level, and you know, I, like, the, and he and, and he did it the year after signing his extension. I sat down with him after he signed this extension. I asked him, "What, why, why sign now when you can essentially just wait out the year and um, you know get wined and dined and, and get the same offer um, next year?" And he goes, "I, I do not want the distractions." Like not for me, but for my teammates, you know, I want to win here and I don't want to give up a year of my prime um, in order to do that. And, you know, that should, that, that should motivate uh, those guys. What is it going to do? I don't know. Maybe they'll have some conversations like over, you know, dinner, <laughs> like being like, did this dude really just call us out? But at the same time, they, I mean, it's a, it's, they're going to have to swallow that pill. Because you know he he did it as LeBron James tweeted he earned that he earned it.
6: Cassidy Hubbard joins the show, NBA reporter, of course the host of Hoop Streams, and does a great job covering the NBA for ESPN. Uh, I, I always love seeing you out there on the sidelines, talking to the players, being in the stadiums, being in the arenas. What's it like now to be sort of be back in the mix after the, this this unprecedented time in in our life and and. The, the bubble experience that, that was so challenging for so many people both on the floor and who cover the game of basketball just to have that experience this year in arenas and being out and about what does it mean to you?
4: Ben this is a hell of a season this was a um, I mean this was an exhausting season not for me I mean yes for me but that's not what's important but for the league I mean the, the turnaround just The day to day, the like, there were basically no practices, even like the little detail of um, having to test in the morning, uh, ruining or messing up with with a lot of these players' routines, which, you know, is um, something these guys kind of live by um this is this was a arduous season, and it was a war of attrition and If people want to nitpick at the injuries and you know um you know this guy didn't have to face this player or this player uh, like just how we said the bubble um you know and, and and that experience should have been counted as a as a as a title and a half this season. I mean, like, what these players had to overcome um, in order to do their jobs and perform at the highest level, like, I just don't think that that can be understated. I mean, it's incredible that we had that scene last night with all of those fans, whereas, like, my first game was actually in Milwaukee, where I was on a little, like, plastic box by myself <laughs> you know in the stand covering the game with no fans there just back in December what a year this has been um you know just in just looking at you know the NBA in 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 uh you know in a box here um not the entire world in general what a year it's been that's a bigger larger conversation but as far as you know what the NBA overcame and 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 this this conversation around Chris Paul, and if not winning this title, if not winning this title is going to hurt his legacy. I've always said I've stayed true to saying that. You know, I don't think that his legacy is going to be hurt. I think when you look back at what he's done last year with the bubble and this year with just the expedited season, being able to pull this off, he he will be you know, thought of as one of the greatest leaders that this this NBA has seen. Um, and I think he also proved that to bringing the Suns team um, to the NBA Finals. And, you know, two games away from from winning their first title. But, you know, what could have been?
6: Cassidy Hubbard joins the show. NBA reporter for ESPN. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Now it's party time for Giannis and the Bucks. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have to get on a plane, maybe with Devin Booker, to go to Japan for the Olympics, which will be an awkward flight, I'm sure. But Giannis gets to go to Greece and go on a tour and, and take the Larry O'Brien back to his home country. It's going to be an epic summer in Mykonos with those guys. The whole family is going to do it big, obviously. Um, talk to me just sort of about Giannis's, uh, you know relationship with his brothers, and, and obviously they're celebrating this moment with him, uh, Thanassus, of course, is a teammate, but just, you know, that dynamic between those guys and, and what does this mean? What does Giannis's success mean to the family and to them?
4: I mean, you saw it last night in the trophy ceremony when he was kind of reminded, Hey, you and two of your brothers are champions. You know, I, I do feel like I feel awful for Thanassus because, um, you know, I, I just I think we were robbed of some incredible cutaways of of him celebrating his brother. He's one of his biggest cheerleaders. He's also, you know, just a, a like a big beating heart for for that team. Um, you know, I, it's unfortunate. It's also a microcosm what the season was like. Um, so many, so many just bumps in the road and. They, they are so close. I mean, he was the first person that he, you know, called as soon as he walked off the court. And he, you know, we all saw the IG live of him saying, I'm going to come into your hotel room and celebrate with you. And he's like, no, 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 you know, don't come. But like they, they're so tight. Him and his three other brothers and, um, his mom, of course. And, you know, just the, I started kind of tearing up when I was listening to him talk about, just the sacrifices that his parents made um, and you know what what has how his mother supported him and you know I've had conversations with him about just how much his father meant to him and to you know lose his father at the beginning essentially of this this MBA journey like before he won his MVPs and you know obviously won this title I mean his dad was his everything and as you know he writes on his shoes and he writes Um, you know in his uh, bios on his social media he is his dad's legacy and you know you could really feel like he he felt like he was he made his family proud and um, his family is everything to him you know there's these criticisms of like why don't whatever whatever you want to well credence you want to give that but what you know is he accepted by other NBA players and I, my answer to that is that look, he didn't he didn't grow up playing AAU with a lot of these guys like a lot of the American players that you know um, have done grow, growing up here in the states. He he's close with his his, his family, and, you know, keeps a tight crew, and um, and they're everything to him. And I think that's helped him stay focused on you know what's important getting better and, you know, um, finding the joy in the moment. That's kind of what your family does for you. They keep you grounded and they, um, you know, help you be the best version of yourself.
6: You help us make a better show today, Cassidy, by taking some time. We really appreciate it. I always look at you as like the Howard Cosell to Ali with Giannis. You guys have had so many (laughs) interviews over the years and you know him and his family so well. So we appreciate you sharing your insight, but I gotta be honest, the real reason I, I wanted to have you on is cause you're maybe the only other person today who's as excited for Bobby Portis as I am, because I know oh he was a member God. of your Chicago bulls <laughs> and a member of my New York Knicks. So we both have a lot of love for Bobby this morning.
4: And you know what he actually kind of likes that nickname, so I don't even feel bad calling him that oh uh, he owned
6: he, it last night and he was terrific he sure
4: um did I mean you could not be less phased than he was when Chris was starting to come at him he he was a fantastic story I mean him and p j Tucker I'm so happy for p j Tucker um you know just I, I asked him. You know what he was most proud of. He's thirty-six years old. We talk about this like fountain of youth with Chris Paul and LeBron James and PJ Tucker like sacrifices his body on a nightly basis, and he joins the Bucks mid-season. Um, which is hard in itself. And, you know, he, he he put his body on the line every night. You may not, like, if you're not paying attention to the game, just looking at the box score, you're like, what is he doing? But he, he did all the, like, intangibles. And um, he actually beat like all of his former teammates uh, in route to winning the title. So shout out P.J. Tucker, not just the sneaker king, a natural NBA champion now.
6: I'm so glad you gave him some love. I always pay attention to who's holding the ball at the end of the series. And I think it was fitting. It was P.J. Tucker. Uh, Cassidy, thank you so much for taking some time. It's great to catch up.
4: Always, my friend. Thank you for having me.
6: Cassidy Hubberth, ESPN NBA reporter, host of Hoop Streams. And the Howard Cosell to Giannis. I mean, she's interviewed that guy yeah. so many times. Right? All-star weekends. And like she said, he remembers fondly of him not even really knowing how to use the microphone or being comfortable in those settings. And then you see him holding court last night with the Larry O'Brien, the finals MVP.
2: He's kissing them both. He's cracking jokes. <laughs> He's showing love to his family. Well, everyone was retweeting his tweet from, like, 2013 about loving Milwaukee because he had a smoothie.
6: <laughs> they have delicious smoothies <laughs> in delicious Milwaukee. Delicious smoothies. And he God left out America. an
2: O. It was God bless America. It was like
6: amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Amazing
2: stuff. Build the statue now.
6: Yeah, right? I wonder what that does to his trading card. You guys are into the into the trading card game. Well, if Giannis' I, card now goes through the roof. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm
5: currently bidding on the Giannis yeah. rookie on eBay. As it's never higher than coffee right breakers
6: now. or one of these places <laughs> The Giannis... Style. I want to talk a little trading cards with you guys because you, you guys might be the only people on planet Earth who can help me with my four hundred and sixty Jose Canseco cards? Oh, let's go. We got to do something with my Jose Canseco cards. We'll figure it out. next. them on next. It's Ben Lyons hanging out here on a Wednesday, a day when Bobby Portis is an NBA champion. And Charles Barkley is in
3: Show, don't go anywhere. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle: O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. The movie uh, title, True or False, As Good As It Gets, was originally called Old Friends. Is that a true story? Is that a true story? That is true. That is celebrity Rich. true? That is celebrity that true is or celebrity?
1: false? It was, uh, it was called Old Friends. In fact, um, I passed out on that as gifts, uh, little um, uh, frames yes. of my dog, Verme- uh, uh, Verdell, six little Verdells garling old dogs. Yes. When uh, they're not crapping
3: in your trailer right? and it said old friends on it. So that's a collector's <laughs> item right there. Next one. When Sidney Pollack called you to cast you in Sabrina, you thought it was a prank call. Is that a true story?
1: Kind of not. I, I, I think that's kind of been slightly. Okay. Uh, so that is now you know, celebrity
3: falls. But, that is celebrity. Falls. But that
1: is, that must've been, I mean, I didn't think it was a prank call. It wasn't like, Oh, you know, you're not Sydney Pollack. Stop it. I mean, I, I did get a call from my agent saying, uh, you know, Sydney wanted to, uh, to meet with me. And, uh, And I was deeply surprised, uh, but I I, I didn't
3: think uh, my agent was messing with An old time great, Sidney Pollack. One of the greats, absolutely. I mean, pretty much every movie, even him acting in every single, he's amazing. Every
1: performance he is in is spot on. Uh, My favorite being Tootsie, where he plays Dustin
3: Hoffman. Yeah. (laughs) Right? You're a tomato, the agent. Um, Spent seven years living in Greece as a teenager. Is that a true story? Uh, yeah, that's, that's true.
1: That is true. I went to high school. I graduated high school there. My dad was with the American embassy when I was a kid. Uh, we were actually in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, and the war got evacuated from, uh, from Beirut to, uh, Athens, Greece. And my dad got reassigned to the embassy there and was there for actually six years, not seven. No kidding.
3: So are you fluent in Greek? Are
1: you? Uh, was that, what, what did you just say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you. No, I, I said I speak a little Greek, but, uh, okay. you know, I, we, I, my wife and I took our kids over there a few years ago. And uh, I, I definitely got yelled at by a few people when I was in, you know, trying to overextend my command of the language. But I could get around.
3: Well, you know, if it, it doesn't ma- if it has nothing to do with Giannis these days, a sport, a we, we have no idea as a sports wh- about whether you were talking Greek or not, unless we don't hear that name. Can you? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't right even now. know right now what I'm talking well, about. What, what the, do you mean, Giannis, the, the the NBA player?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Giannis said that's John, as you know. John, Giannis <laughs> is John. Just so you know.
3: Actually, I did not know
1: that. Yeah, Giannis.
3: Giorgos so, is
1: George. Giannis is John. So he's
3: John right, at Kumpa? That's right. That's right. I had no idea. So if we, I don't if, think you're telling the truth. <laughs> I swear I am. Yeah, for sure, Yanni's absolutely. So should I just call He's him really Johnny funny. A from now on? From now yeah, on, you is? can Johnny A, my guy from the Bucks, Johnny A. I'm like a Wikipedia page for you. You guys. are. Right now. I mean, <laughs> how have you guys survived <laughs> on the show all these years without me?
5: <laughs> I well,
3: know. I just gotta. we got to get you on more.
6: Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. As always, we are available here on Peacock, on Westwood One, Sirius XM 211. You can hit us up, 844-204-RICH, at Rich Eisen Show. TJ's got all the social media covered. Jay's in today. No Del Tufo. We got Brockwin. The whole gang's here to celebrate Giannis, or as Greg Kinnear affectionately called him on this show. Johnny. Johnny Johnny A. I don't know if that's a thing in in Greece or not. Uh, (laughs) Johnny A. from the Bucks. How you doing? Uh, we got a call right now from Turzo out in Cedar Rapids. Turzo joins the show. What's going on, man? Turzo. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? How are we all doing Terzo, today? What up, brother? What living up, the dream, man. Very happy oh, to be man. here. How are you?
4: Oh, I am. I am. I am living the dream as well. That game last night was amazing. It started off slow. It was ugly, but it built
1: into a beautiful, beautiful story. You know, you can't, you can't knock Giannis. Um, it is, it is, it is amazing what he has done.
6: Wait, I I asked for Terzo, not Nick Swisher. That guy sounds like Nick Swisher on the phone. He's so jacked (laughs) up. Oh, you're giving me the Nick Swish, dude? All right, I love it. I'm good with that. I never picked
5: up up on that until just now. Feeling
6: good, Terzo. (laughs) Attack every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. We appreciate the call. Well, hey, Ben, I'm going to tell you this. I've just enjoyed you being on the air. Um, I want to throw out some love to Rich. Hey, just get well, brother. We love you. Miss you, but, Ben, you've been doing a great job, and I wanted to give you a little bit of props on that one. Thanks, Terzo. Glad to see the check cleared. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of our show today. Uh, you might actually uh, hear Rich calling on his own show. I'm hearing some rumblings and some rumors yeah, that we might absolutely. get a Rich Eisen uh, appearance on the Rich Eisen show. How about that? love it. Um, I, I know Rich is not as dialed into the trading card business as you guys are. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to card shows.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
6: The Armenian church on the east side of Manhattan was a legendary spot for card <laughs> collectors in the wow. 80s. I remember once meeting Ken Griffey Sr. there, Ken Griffey Jr., and Craig Griffey. Oh. The often forgotten Griffey, <laughs> forgotten Craig Gr- Griffey. I remember meeting Joe DiMaggio at a card show wow. once. And. My, my dad, as you know, had a, had a family relationship and friendship with DiMaggio for, for many years. I uh, was very close with my grandfather. He, Joe came to my dad's bar mitzvah, so he knew my dad when I was 10 or 11. And I remember being at a card show at 10 or 11 years old oh, and DiMaggio gosh. sitting me down and telling me stories about my father oh. at that age. Wow. I remember... Going to these shows up in Westchester, Connecticut, driving, pre-Google Maps, finding the directions, asking the gas station, hey, is there a baseball card show in town? And <laughs> Using the Thomas guy? Finding a Billy Ripken error card. That yeah. was the holy grail of error yeah. cards. This That's is a family sh- show, so family you can't show. explain can't the say mistake. Explain. But if you're of a certain age, you know the Billy Ripken <laughs> error card. I think of Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie, the upper deck rookie. Jack, man. With the gold like chain the holy and Grill, hair. Man. yeah, yeah. Dale Murphy. There's an error card when you won MVP. All these things were a huge part of my childhood, as I know they were for for many of you as well. But now trading cards are insane. Insane. Now it's not about the old cards from back in the day. Now it's about what's happening in sports today. So a Luca card is going to go for (laughs) $18,000, or a Ja Morant is going to be $4,000. I know a guy who spent enough for uh, a down payment on a house – on Kendrick Nunn cards. oh, he's, he's, still, he's still holding out. He's holding A out. A change of scenery. Maybe heat culture isn't good for Kendrick Nunn, <laughs> and he needs Orlando cult- culture. He needs that Turkey Lake Road culture. <laughs> that crisp air conditioning in July culture. Maybe that'll do it for Kendrick Nunn, and maybe he'll become the next Penny maybe. Hardaway, and my friend can... Get his money, a down payment on a house with Kendrick Nunn So I ask you guys, because here on the Rich Eisen Show, TJ Brockman, you guys are like the resident card guys. Yeah, we're
2: we're super into it. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. You saw kind of a huge boom because everyone's home. They're not spending the normal money going out to eat, going to the movies. Taking vacations. Uh, got, so should I eat or should I
6: buy a Kendrick Nunn card? I would not. Should I eat? Maybe not
2: Kendrick yeah. Nunn, or, but maybe Shohei Otani or, or Shohei Ohtani. Yeah. Fernando
6: or, Tatis. Or do I go get sushi young- this weekend or do I go get a Vlad Guerrero Jr. card? I would say
5: sushi's always going to be there at a comparable price, but the Vlad Guerrero rookie will not be at a comparable price. Also,
6: so, life rule that I, you know, I've know i learned a lot from Giannis in his life. So one of my life philosophies don't go bargain shopping with sushi. The reasonable
2: price on sushi never really works out. But I think it's a lot of it. The, the, <laughs> the boom in the last like you know, 12, 18 months is guys our age who now have some extra money laying around. Exactly. And we're super bored because we were all stuck at home. Yeah. So you fire up eBay. All these Instagram card shops are on Instagram doing breaks and having a good time opening packs and ripping Mike Trout autos. And it's just like... It's so fun, it man. It is fun, yeah. It was so fun. I was spending like hours a night watching this stuff online just because it was like, it took me back to the time when I was a kid, when you, we were all kids, and you went to the grocery store, you went to the gas station, and you bought a pack or two, and you opened it up, and you traded with your friends. All right, I'll give you a Frank Thomas, but I want Don Mattingly and Jose Canseco in return. And it was the greatest time of your
6: life. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And you said is intoxicating, drug, isn't it?
5: That you nostalgia gets you. You said was? Like you past tense, you were looking at all these Instagram
2: pages? No, no, no. I'm still doing it. I'm yeah, still okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you're deep in this I mean, game. my so, eBay watch list is like
3: 200 deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh,
6: it's, it's a phenomenon that, like you said, came out of the pandemic, came out of sitting around the house, looking in the attic, trying to come up with ways to make money, trying to be resourceful. Yeah. And like I said, nostalgia Hell of a drug. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can hit us up at Rich Eisen Show. What do I do with my 460 Jose Canseco cards? When this oh, man went man. for the forty wow. forty, Oof. I was obsessed. Talk about an yeah. Avenger come to life. I'm yeah, sure. a Suicide Squad member. I
5: feel like that's probably... <laughs> that's probably closer to the... Yeah. <laughs> crew yeah. of yeah. superheroes probably that closer he rolls to that. With.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, now Jose Canseco, probably not a huge market. I guess it depends. What do you have? You probably have the 86 Fleer. I got all
6: of it. I got everything Canseco. I was obsessed with this guy growing up, and I can only imagine my parents who have this young kid. He's like, Mom, I, Dad, I just love Jose Conseco. Can we get the Tyson <laughs> fight on pay-per-view?
2: Just like, oh, <laughs> man.
6: Where, where yeah. are right, what wrong? are we doing here?
2: I think you should probably just light them on fire. They're probably not worth much. you know. Like you said, it's kind of all now. Today's card industry is like 2004. 2000- 16, 17 on, and it's all about autos. It's all about patches and RPAs and it's all about the numbered cards. Is it gold? Is it one of one? It's kind of what the card market is now. And in a weird way, it kind of stinks. It's priced out. Some of the young kids, Uh, from just going down to the shop and buying a pack for a dollar or two. You can't really do that now, which kind of stinks.
6: That's the thing is that while it's continuing the tradition of cards, the nostalgia of it, it's getting guys like you deeper into the game and collecting and these things. I still want there to be an entry point for that kid who wants to just get a pack of cards, open them up and and see if he can get something, something cool. All right. We'll talk some more cards, plus some NBA finals. Giannis' cards, how much those are going for? uh we'll find next ben lines in for rich this is the rich eisen show hour 2
2: yeah and just just staying with that like a couple of years ago with when TJ and I kind of got back into it a little bit uh Gary V was here and he was talking about how he had bought you know he was just trying to buy up Giannis prism 2013 PSA 10s and it's like the price he was telling us it was like man oh man and then you look at him now and it's like Ten, fifteen X. But well, Gary yeah. Vee
6: would come in here and say, "You know, I'm not really into oxygen anymore, and I'm gonna not really do the oxygen thing." And look, five years from now, when we all live in space with Bezos, <laughs> Gary Vee was right.
2: <laughs> good, good point. Good point. But it always um, seems like he was kind of ahead of that. And yeah, so. he really sure. was. And and what's
6: amazing now, you take it a step further, the NFT market, right? digital collectibles, the non fungible tokens, the mm-hmm. idea that everything that could go wrong with your cards, you could lose them. They could get stolen. Someone St- could throw them in the trash. Your
5: three-year-old cousin can ball up your 1987 Mark McGuire Olympic card. Oh, I remember the, uh, the, the
6: Mark McGuire uh, oh, yeah. Olympic yeah. card. Thanks, Daniel. The I, I know Jordan you might be upper at home deck? watching. White Sox card, the Michael Jordan <laughs> card for upper deck. Right. Yeah. So all the things that could be you know, damaging to your cards, you lose them. You you know, they get damaged. They have water on them. Well, now NFTs solves all that. Now you yeah. can digitally collect. Are you guys going with the digital collectibles
0: as well? I mean,
5: we've bought a few um, NBA NFTs. Yeah. We've gotten to that. But yeah, into um, yeah, I, I, I'm it. really trying to do some research because if you can make some money, I'm trying to be down with it. You
6: yeah, know? I'm going to make, make an NFT right now. Yeah, Top Shot. when that I'm was. I'm going to uh, write down that uh, Bobby Portis is a champ. I'm going to put it on a piece of paper. <laughs> Take a picture. It's one of one. It's uh, PSA ten. It's signed by the artist. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And we're gonna do a raffle
2: where uh, the winner will. Ben's gonna post uh, his ETH address, and so it's a receipt
6: to my uh, my parking validation here. So yeah, this is a Bobby Portis is a champ. That's an NFT, one of one. It's non fungible. It's like the Larry David where they ask him to draw a doodle. And he draws a doodle and then they're like, that's eh, not really a doodle. And everybody else comes in with these beautiful portraits and paintings. And so, you know, Ben, getting back to
5: what Gary told us back in what, 18, Chris, you know, to make this quick, Chris and I went up to Target right up yeah, the street. That day we bought this box. It's a 2018 Don Russ uh, box, it was $49. We left probably 15 of these on the shelf. <laughs> Today you could probably get this. You'd have to spend minimum 600 bucks. <laughs>
6: yeah.
5: This was 50 bucks, Whoa. and now they're going for minimum 600.
6: What are we doing here, making radio and TV? Hey, I don't know. We'll oh. Just sell cards. <laughs> See ya from the Rich Eisen show. We might not come back.